Welcome, everybody. It's good to see you this morning. Welcome if you're watching online. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you with us, too. Okay, so we're going to jump right into the Word today. We have announcements at the end of the service. <clears throat> if this is your first time at True North, we want to welcome you. A great big welcome. We're glad you're here. Let's go to the Father in prayer. Lord, we love you and praise you. Father, we just prepare our hearts to receive from you today. Lord, we want to know your ways. We want to be like you. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding today that we can see you in a new and greater way. Thank you for what that means in our lives and how we live it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, today we're going to talk about, we've been doing a series on running your race, right? We've been talking about finding God's plan for your life. The last time that I spoke, we talked about how to hear, uh, how to recognize the direction of the Holy Spirit, how he leads us personally. The word of God gives us the will of God, but it's the Holy Spirit that tells us for our own personal life how that looks and how that plays out. So we're, our text has been in Hebrews 12, uh, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There's going to be a temptation in your race to, to grow weary and lose heart. But Jesus is our example. Today we're going to talk about one of those weights that we have to deal with over and over and over again. Today we're going to talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness. We're going to talk about why and we're going to talk about how. So in Hebrews here, it tells us in verse 2, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus. And in verse 3, it tells us to consider him. Today, we're going to look at our why. Why Why do we have to walk in forgiveness? We're going to look at Jesus' words. And Jesus' words cover the small and they cover the big. You know, it, forgiveness is called a walk. A walk of forgiveness is because every day that you walk God's plan for your life will be a day of walking in forgiveness. Because every day that you walk in forgiveness is a day that you're going to need forgiveness. And forgiveness is full circle. It's full circle. So as I walk in forgiveness, I receive forgiveness. We're going to see Jesus' words on that. But it covers the big and the small. You know, the small things can trip us up. This time of year, we have things like, you know, long lines and crowds and traffic. And, you know, it's not always easy. It's not easy when you're happy and, you know, doing your thing and going down the road and, and there's some mean driver around you. That can steal your joy really fast. But, you know, that's a small thing. Some people have big things. A lot of us have big things, big things to deal with in the area of forgiveness. Jesus' words cover the big and the small. As we get into it, we'll see. All right, Matthew 6, 
We're going to start there. Matthew 6 is in the context. We've done a deep, deep study on this this year. This is the Lord's Prayer. The context is the disciples says, Lord, teach us how to pray. And we've learned that Jesus gave us this model. But right in the middle of this model, he said, forgive us our debts. This is how we pray. Right in the middle of our daily prayer, Jesus said, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness is part of our walk. Part of our walk. In context of teach us how to pray, mid-prayer, Jesus says, do this every day. We are both in debt and we have people in debt to us. We are in debt and we have people in debt to us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. To forgive means to leave, to remit, to let go of our debts. So we're asking the Father to leave, let go, remit us of our debts, right? Father, don't hold that against me. I'm coming and I'm communing with you. But at the same time, we have to leave and let go and remit. So to forgive means to give up resentments against, to give them up, to let go of instead of hold on to. Holding on adds a heavy burden to our walk. Hebrews said, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Holding on to bitterness, the Bible calls it a root of bitterness. It grows, it grows deep and gets rooted in us. It creates ruts that are hard to cover over, but we can with the power of God, with the word of God. So we don't want to add a burden to our walk. When we have burdens to our walk, we're not going to finish our course. Because you're going to go slower and you're not going to make it to the end. So, also, can lead to physical sickness, mental sickness, holding on to bitterness, holding on. And at the end of this prayer, Jesus caps it all up in verse 14. He came, the one thing he came back to, verse 14 says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15, But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Direct, strong medicine. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, Jesus again, we're looking at what Jesus has to say. He has a lot to say about this topic. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Once again, context, prayer, communing with the Father. But this time he's talking about answered prayer. Do you like to get your prayers answered? Do you like it when your kid's sick and you go to the Father and pray and you get your prayers answered? Yes. Context. And when you stand praying, 
if you hold anything against anyone, here we've got that word again, hold, holding on to, holding on to a weight. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Luke 6, 37. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. It's a commandment and not a recommendation, right? The need to forgive circles back around because I'm also in need of forgiveness. I'm also in need of forgiveness. Luke 17, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Man, Jesus was real. He said, you're not gonna avoid this. You can't use your faith and believe it away. Things that cause you to stumble, another translation says, offenses are bound to come. He's preparing us. You just need to accept it, expect it. Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through who they come, for it would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. So watch yourselves. Don't be the one causing somebody else having to struggle. You know, words can be cheap sometimes and they can fly out of our mouths and we can act like we don't have the control over it. And you can hurt somebody. And you're causing somebody to stumble and struggle over these things. We don't want to be on that side of things, do we? Verse three, so if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. And the apostles said, increase our faith. They said, Lord, have mercy. We're gonna need some help with this. We're gonna need some more faith for this. So verse 1 tells us offenses are bound to come. Verse 3 tells us to watch ourselves. We don't want to be the one causing other people to stumble. But then the verse 3 also tells us that we're to rebuke our brother or sister. That means to communicate. That means to, to talk to uh, and to, to confront. And uh, let's talk about it. Let's get together. Let's connect. Jesus said seven times a day we must forgive. They said increase our faith. Matthew 18 Verse 21, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, I think, you know, Peter's following up on this and he's had a run-in with somebody and he's got somebody on his mind. Now, Lord, you remember when you talked about that? Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven? Up to seven? Is that the lid, Lord? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Some translations say 70 times seven. What Jesus's point was is, yeah, it's not something you're gonna be able to keep count of and keep a running thing daily up here. Peter's thinking of somebody and Jesus saying, Peter, you can't count that high. We have to learn to walk in forgiveness. If you're going to run your race, 
I want to run my race. I want to finish my course. I don't want to stop short. I want to stand before my maker and him say, Jennifer, well done, my daughter. That's the words I'm waiting on. If you're going to do that, you can't afford to stay offended. But we're going to get to the how, okay? Forgiveness cannot be about keeping score. It's all about losing count. Why? Because I'm glad that my Heavenly Father has lost count for me. Okay? That's what keeps it real. That's what keeps it in perspective. If we're always thinking about what somebody else has done me wrong, well, I'm losing sight of all the times I needed forgiveness. All the times I will need forgiveness. All right, so Hebrews told us to fix our eyes. If we're going to run this race, it's going to take some perseverance. You're going to have to fix your eyes on Jesus. There's not another person can, that can model this for you like Jesus can. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Jesus knows what it is to be opposed. He knows what it is to have people against him, turn their back on him, abandon him, forsake him, malign him, and slander him to the point that he was treated as a criminal. Let's look at Luke 23, verse 34. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. Jesus is lined up with the criminals. Sometimes I think we've heard this story so many times that we get dull to it. What if this was you? When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Jesus walked the walk of forgiveness in front of us. Jesus is on the cross. He's the Lamb of God about to be given for the sin of the world and is having to deal with his own opportunity for offense. He could have said, not like this, Father. I mean, I'm willing to give my life, but with the criminals, like this, really? He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know they're killing the Lamb of God who's going to take away their sin. Jesus is saying, Father, I'm not holding on to this. I'm not holding on to this. I'm letting this go. I'm taking on the sins of humanity and I'm not holding on to this offense. It's a daily challenge. Big stuff and small stuff. It is possibly the most difficult thing that God will ask you to do to forgive someone who has hurt you. However, it is possibly the most single, most powerful thing 
you can do. The question is, what kind of life do you want to have? What kind of life do you want to have? <clears throat> do you want to be bitter and tethered to the past? Or do you want to be free and enjoy life? Forgiving our enemies is non-negotiable if we want to accomplish God's purpose for our lives and live in his promises. But when you remain angry with someone who has hurt you, you're giving them permission to keep hurting you. Through the memories and through bitterness, you're saying, bring it on, keep it up. There are hundreds of reasons not to forgive. You might be, have been, I'm like, I've been hated on, abandoned, stabbed in the back, misunderstood, misrepresented. You might be thinking, this is not for me. I can't do that. But with him, you can. The reality is, is that stuff is going to happen. Jesus said, the reality is, offenses are going to come. The question is, what are you going to do with them? I love Victor Frankl was a survivor of the Holocaust. <clears throat> and he said, pain is not optional, but suffering is. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Pain isn't optional. People do things and it hurts us. We're not denying that there's hurt there. And sometimes it takes time for the hurt to heal because the hurt is real. People hurt us. But when we hold on to that, we put ourselves in the lane of suffering. We put ourselves in the lane of bitterness. We let that have a root and that dictates and holds us back and anchors us down to a place where God says, I want you to leave that behind. Walking in forgiveness is a choice. We don't always get to decide what happens to us, but we do get to decide how we'll react to it and what, it's gonna, what we allow it to do in us. I walk in forgiveness every step I take because every step I take, I'm also in need of forgiveness. And my walk, my race, is a walk of mercy and grace and healing and freedom. So when we forgive, we open the door for healing. As long as we hold on to that, we can't receive healing for that. walk in a walk of forgiveness versus a detour down a road of bitterness, anger. All right, that's our why. Y'all convinced? All right, how? How do we do it? Well, we have to let it go. We have to let it go. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. He loves you. 
When he asks you for, to forgive, he's not saying, I don't care about that. That doesn't matter. No, he's saying, cast that off. Don't hold that on. Don't hold on to that. Cast it off because I care for you. Psalms 55, 22. Cast all your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Do you notice he didn't compartmentalize that? He didn't say, well, for people who haven't been through much, this is how it works. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. This life comes with cares. But the Bible instructs us what to do with them. When we don't let it go, we're holding on to something that we can't do anything about. You can't wait till you feel like it. Because you're never going to feel like it. It requires a commitment. All right, y'all listen to this. This is important. It requires a commitment to stop thinking about it and stop talking about it. Your mind's yours. It belongs to you. You get to decide what you think about. The longer you let something take seed and take root, more work it is to quit thinking about it because you let it have a place. But you let go of it. There's been things that I have to jerk my mind back a hundred times a day. Nope, not going there. Nope, not going there. That's not what I want my thought life to be. That's not what I want a reflection of my life to be. I don't care what they did. That's not where I'm going with my thoughts. And do it over and over and over again. Requires a commitment to stop thinking about it. It also requires a, a commitment to stop talking about it. You know the saying, misery loves company. Just because you've got somebody that will get in there with you and tell you what you want to hear doesn't mean that's what God would be saying to you. The older we get, the more we have to deal with. The more we experience. So we have to receive forgiveness. We have to forgive ourselves. Part of the process. We receive forgiveness. We forgive ourselves. And then we forgive others. We need to get good at asking others, can you forgive me? I was wrong. If you're going to be a person who walks in love, if you're going to be a person who walks in health, if you're going to be a person who walks with God, you're going to have to be good at saying, I was wrong. Can you forgive me? Can we practice that right now? Everybody say, I was wrong. Can you forgive me? How long has it been since you've said that? It's not easy words to say, is it? Practice it. Practice it in your mirror. Own it. When you're wrong, own it. I was wrong. Don't, don't be like, well, if I hurt your feelings. Don't be like, well, if you think I did this. No, be like, I did that. That's part of the healing for that other person is when you own it, I was wrong. Don't preface it with, I'm sorry if you feel this way. Don't have to be sorry for my feelings. 
because I own my feelings. Let me tell you what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not condoning someone else's wrong. Some people think that, well, if I forgive them, it minimizes the pain that they cause me and my family. That's not what forgiveness is. Some people say, well, it, it's like I'm releasing a guilty prisoner. When we forgive, we are the prisoner being released. When we forgive, we are the prisoner being released. Now, forgiveness is not the same thing as trust, okay? Forgiveness is a choice that happens in a second. It's obedience to the command of God. Because it's a command means we can do it. When Jesus gives us commands, we can look at that and say, well, I know I can do that. He wouldn't ask me to do something I can't do. Because we look at it and think, I could never do that. No, he said I could. He said I had to. Okay, so forgiveness is a choice that happens in a second, right? But trust is different. Trust, restoration, reconciliation takes time. Forgiveness is about the past, and trust is about the future. So trust is earned. The best way to predict someone's behavior for the future is looking at their behavior in the past. So we're not... Uh, required to trust everyone, okay? We're required to forgive. Forgiveness doesn't change the past. Forgiveness doesn't change the past. It doesn't say it didn't happen, it didn't matter, it wasn't real, it didn't hurt. It doesn't say that they weren't wrong. Forgiveness changes your future. Forgiveness changes your future. You know, there's a saying that hurting people hurt people. Why do people lash out and be mean, un uncalled for? Hurting people hurt people. Doesn't justify it. But you don't want to be one of those hurting people hurting people. That's why you got to let go of it. That's why you got to get healing. You've got to let go and get God so that it stops with you. Those generational things that go down of hurt, hurt, hurt. Maybe everybody deals with it in their own way. But it continues on until we take a bloodline, the blood of Jesus. Draw a line in the sand. Not anymore. Not anymore, devil. I'm going to give you three handles to hold instead of bitterness okay we've been talking about holding on to the wrong things right we're going to talk about three things to hold on to number one your first handle is to remember okay remember ephesians 4 31 get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Every form. You're laying on your horn, form of malice. Text. 
every form, any kind of way that you could express your anger with someone else. Get rid of all forms of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So I live remembering what God did for me. I live remembering that Jesus, some of his last words on the cross were, Father, I'm not holding on to this. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Remember, I draw from the patience and the wisdom that I found in him. I remember what he's done. I remember that the word says, just as Christ forgave me, I'm supposed to forgive. It's a walk of forgiveness, I remember. For every walk, that every step I take that I forgive, I need forgiveness. Remember. Number two, relinquish. Let it go, let it go. Romans 12, 14 through 19 in the message. The message is a paraphrase, makes it, really modern and plain. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. You know, if you've got more than one kid, you know, who's the judge in the family? The parents. The parents are the judge. You don't be worrying about your brother. You be worrying about yourself, right? (laughs) You take care of your stuff. Yeah. That's what God says, kids. Kids, I got this. I'm the daddy, right? I'll do the judging. I'll take care of it. He doesn't say, we're going to overlook that. We're going to let that slip. We're going to let that slide. He didn't say that, did he? He said, you don't be the judge because I'm the judge. Relinquish your right to get even. Trying to get even is exhausting effort. But forgiving is freedom. It's freedom. Let it go. Let it go. Let God. Number one, remember. Number two, relinquish. Not going to try to get even. My father does that. Number three, repeat. Repeat. Repeat every day. Psalm 103, 11, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. This is just a beautiful, beautiful two verses. First of all, we get this beautiful imagery of how high the Father's love is. 
You know, the little uh, saying that um, I remember my mom and dad used to do it with my brother. I mean, I just remember when he was little and I love you this much, you know, and you stretch your arms and it's big, you know. The father says, as far as the, the heavens are above the earth, that's my love for you. So daytime, nighttime, get up and look up there and say, man, that's a lot of love. Man, that's a lot of love. But then he says, as far as the east is from the west, scientists tell us that is getting bigger every day. I love how something that's not boundless gets bigger. That's just mind-blowing. So as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he's removed. That's our sins from us. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've allowed Jesus to take the price. He said, I want to take that price for you, but it's up to you. That's how far your sins are from you, as far as the east is from the west. Keep repeating the process. Why? Because I want to live free. I want to live free. I want to finish my course. I want to finish my course with joy. I don't want to pass junk down to my kids and my grandkids, right? I want to put an end to it. You know, it's this time of year. I had somebody call me this week. I said, I think I'm on the right track for what we're doing Sunday. And somebody called me this week. Man, they had a big blowout at Thanksgiving. They're like, I need your help. I know we're supposed to forgive, and that's what I want to do. What does it mean? How do I do it? And it brings up things. Sometimes it, it brings up things, expectations, and pressures, and stresses on families. Sometimes we see people we don't see very often through the year. Sometimes it brings up things from the past. It's difficult. It's hard. Jesus said offenses will come. Be prepared for that. Be prepared for that. But then he told us what to do, to forgive. We're going to close with a story about Nelson Mandela. He was a South African, I hope you all know who he is, anti-apartheid activist and politician. He was, given, he was given a life sentence in prison. He was arrested for conspiring to overthrow the state. He served 27 years in prison. Okay, this is a, a story that a reporter shared of when he was released. Mandela made a grand, elegant, dignified exit from prison. And it was very, very powerful for the world to see. But as I was watching him walking down that dusty road, I wondered whether he was thinking about the last 27 years whether he was angry all over again. Later, many years later, I had a chance to ask him. I said, come on, you were a great man. You invited your jailers to your inauguration. You put your pressures on the government. Tell me the truth. Weren't you really angry all over again? And he said, yes, I was angry. And I was a little afraid. After all, I had not been free in so long. But, he said, when I felt that anger well up inside of me, 
I realized that if I hated them after I got outside the gate, then they would still have me. Then they would still have me. And he smiled and said, I wanted to be free, so I let it go. Wanted to be free, so I let it go. Let's stand to our feet. If there's somebody that you want to let go, there's a situation that you want to let go this morning, now's your chance. Now's your chance. Walk in greater freedom. Walk in greater freedom. You know, everything that God asks us to do is for our benefit and for the benefit of those we do life with. Your family will benefit if you take a moment and forgive this morning something you know that you need to let go of. You've been holding on to, it's been holding you back and slowing you down. Your family will benefit the people around you, the people at the end of your race that you wouldn't get to will benefit. If you don't make it to the end, there's going to be people that are going to say, I needed you to make it. I was waiting on you. You were supposed to tell me. You were supposed to help me. Let's just take a moment. Let's go to the Father. Thank you, Lord, that you help us. Thank you that your commands are good. They're benefit. Lord, we don't want bitterness to have a root in us. We just ask you, we open up our lives to you. We ask you to do surgery on us right now just to remove any root of bitterness. We thank you in an instant we can forgive. We can let go and let you and then that healing work can begin. Your healing power, your healing love can do its work, which is the thing we've been wanting. We just receive. We let go of that and we receive you. We receive that love that is as high as the heavens to the earth. How much of that love does it take to heal that place? We just receive in Jesus' name. Things from our childhood, things from past marriages, present marriages, people that have gone on. We let you have your way. We let you have your way. Thank you. You who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for new freedom from this point forward. New refreshing, new joy, new perspective. Every step, every step, full circle. Forgive, forgiven. Forgive, forgiven. One step forgive, the other foot forgiven. One step forgive, the other foot forgiven. Thank you, Father. We thank you for it, Lord.
Father, I thank you for every person here. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for them. Lord, it's our heart's desire to see them fulfill that call to rise up, do what matters, do what moves heaven, to understand what matters, what doesn't matter in life. Answer your call. Answer your call. Empowered, equipped to do that. Father God, I thank you. You're calling us higher. I thank you. 2024 is a new year, new day, new anointing, new season. Thank you. We're going where we haven't been before. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We've got announcements before.